Good morning. My name is Kelsey Park, and I'm a member of the Misty Way Community Group. This morning's reading is from Psalm 19, verses 1 through 11 and verse 14. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a word, without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church. And um, as we continue in our broken prayer journey topic, um, I want to remind you that last week we looked at the practice of praying with and through the Word of God, right? An ancient Christian meditation practice known as Lectio Divina. This week we will explore another ancient devotional practice known as Visio Divina. Just a quick reminder that these are tools, right? And we are not required to use them in our everyday devotional life, but they appear to be biblical practices or biblically-based practices that can help discipline and get more out of our prayer and devotional times. In her book, Soul Care in in African-American Practice, um, Kelly and my... uh, spiritual director, uh, Dr. Barbara Peacock, tells us in her book that visio divina is divine seeing or sacred seeing. That this ancient discipline of seeing God is a visual encounter that allows one to draw closer to God through an image. Visio divina invites you to the artistic call of seeing more creatively. It invites you to see all there is to see with a thirst for 
a continuous and transformative revelation of what you are viewing. Such insight requires seeing beyond one's immediate first impressions. This reflective insight calls a soul to travel with and beyond the artist medium. Now, I have to be honest with you. Um, when I read about this and was introduced to this stuff, I, I uh, as a good Protestant, you know, all the Latin wording and the irregular ways some traditions and religions use icons, you know, and then with Eastern mysticism and their practices of sometimes focusing on a point or object until you enter euphoria or some higher consciousness, that stuff, considering how pathless and often dark path it can be, right, made me wary of Visio Divina. Now, I think I know better, right? And I'm going to share with you what I see the Bible is saying about it so you can benefit from what God offers us in and through this. In one of my, uh, during my sabbatical, we had spiritual direction meetings with Dr. Peacock, and we were on a Zoom call. Um, I was on a Zoom call with her, and um, she asked me a question, and boy, I mean, in Howard Brown style, I was off to the races and trying to impress. I was talking up. I'm thinking, she, she, she liked this. Like, I, I, I got it going on, right? And she sort of interrupted me as she often does, Howard. I'm like, oh, Lord. Now, I'm not used to that as a pastor. I'm used to being up here talking and a natural talker and performer. And she says, Howard, what painting is that I see over your shoulder? I was like, huh? Painting? What about the knowledge I'm dropping? You know, and she, and she says, how much time have you actually taken to stop and look at it? I'm like, oh, no. Here we go again. And I humored her. And I realized that I've had this painting in my life for a long time. It was hanging in my father's home growing up and then given to me by him. And had yet, I had yet to really just look at it. Like many of us, I just like the finesse and swag of owning it and saying, I own this. This is a Jonathan Green. Hmm. Do you know who he is, right? Framing it, being impressive, but not letting it impress on and in me. I missed an opportunity to not only enjoy what my earthly father had put up in my childhood and pass on to me as an adult, but I had missed what my heavenly father sought to have me enjoy and experienced through that as his child. And that happened again and again, right? With Dr. Peacock, I'd start talking, and then she'd stop and say, hey, stop, look, and spend time seeing and perceiving and, and let things speak to you. And, and then she would say, breathe and think and process what you are seeing and feeling. Slow down. And so I started putting myself in and in front of things, including just taking time. One time she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm out walking the dog. You know, I had her on the phone. And she was like, why don't you just look at your dog for a while? I'm like, what? Before long, I was emotional. Don't ask how. 
I mean, I went hiking to see into different events and places of sense. I even hung pictures that I printed off, right? To, it, it hung them up in my office slash prayer closet slash Zoom studio at home, right? Oh, yeah, it also holds clothing. It's just a closet, right? The practice of Visio Divina dug up and lifted up things I didn't know were there inside and out. And so in this sermon, I want to share some biblical urging for this Visio Divina in your devoted times with the Lord and to transform what can just be ordinary, easily missed things into devoted times and, and praise and glory to God, right? The Bible talks and directs in this in a few ways, a few ways I want us to uncover. First, we can see we are called to experience God through his creation, right? Secondly, we are called to experience God through what I call our recreation. And finally, we are called to experience God through Jesus's restoration. So look back at our passage, uh, Psalm 19, that was read. Now, we have a lot of passages to read, and I, I put them in your, uh, they should be in your digital bulletin, and I'm going to read through some of it. Um, I didn't want the reader to have to read through. Plus, I want us to um, even kind of exercise a little bit in this. I know this is a sermon and, and not a, you know, a seminar, but I want you to hear the reading um, as we read through some of this uh, today. Um, but okay, so Psalm um, 19, um, verses 1 through 4 says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God, the skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak, night after night they make him known. They speak without a sound, a word, excuse me. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world, right? And so if we look at the Romans passage, and we will in a minute, we look at the Matthew passage with Jesus' teaching, and we'll do that in a minute, right? But all of these passages throughout Scripture, not just these that I have before you, uh, we are directed to pay attention to nature, right? We're, we're directed to pay attention to how it works and functions biologically and biosocially and cycles and seasons and the whole biblical circle of life thing. Well, it's actually not a circle since God sustains it its beauty from beginning to present and end. But the Bible is telling us that God is always playing and painting and present in every scene and display of his creation. In other words, the Bible is teaching something amazing. The Lord does not do gallery work where his stuff just sits there and you can look at it or not look at it. No, it is alive and pulsating with his presence and live performance through it. He is not in it. You know, some people say, oh, I felt God because he's in the tree. He is not in or contained by the tree, but his active life comes through what he's created. I like to say God never does tracks. He never does MP3s, Right? With the Lord, it is always a live concert and performance. That's why the, the Psalm 19 passage says, the heavens are actively declaring the glory of the Lord. See that? Kelly and I, um, along with the hills, we went snorkeling for the first time in the Dominican Republic this summer. And this is coming from someone who has, you know, y'all have heard me. I've been kind of an avid fish tank guy. I got rid of it. I just... Anyway, so I thought I'd seen it all. I had a pretty good fish tank, put a lot of money in that. I mean, I cleaned it. I had stuff, rocks and all from different places. And in snorkeling, I was in 
the fish tank, right? I'm going to tell you, if you haven't done it, try to do it. If not, hear this, right? It caught me by surprise. Like, I've seen people do it. I've seen fish tanks, but actually being in it, I was like, oh, my gosh. What is that? Like, what kind of fish is that? What kind of rock is that? What, what is going on, right? And, and these things are around me, and, and, it come, and I let out a bubble-filled, thank you, Lord. And I had to surface because I had to blow up my thing, right? But I just let it take me in, and I got new respect in that moment for what God had made so beautifully. Vizio Divina calls us and gives us an opportunity to focus on God through God's what I would call primary creations and living artistry. With God alone being the creator, to not confuse uh, for this message, I, I want to refer to what we humans do as the crown of God's creation as recreation, right? I just made that up, right? Recreation, not recreation, recreation. When we people, human beings, when we take who we are as God's creation and the God-given creative tendencies and take God-given raw materials, his divinely given resources, what he has revealed and shared and breathed within our humanity, and we make something functional, right? Architectural, engineered, mathematical, scientific, fashionable, movement and dance and musical, gastronomically and vis visually sumptuous and, and made able to interact with it and in it and with, with natural landscapes and creatures and plants, great and small to be forced to be a little extra have a little hyperbole at times right in ways that are reflective and honest and true of ourselves and our eyes and our emotion and our environment and whether it's our history or fantastic thoughts and our times and our stories and most importantly what God has revealed and what he has allowed us to see about him Recreation is about enjoying and making things visually and centrally forward. I mean, think about the Psalm, Psalm 19. Yes, I believe all God's word is God-breathed. This is God's word. It is divinely his word. But look how he has the, look how he has the psalmist describe it, right? The, the, the son is like a bridegroom, right? Not just the son moves. It goes up and down. No, it's like a bridegroom. And there's reasons he says these things. The reason he's saying it, just in case you want to know, is that back then they had idol worship and they believed the sun was a god. And they're saying, no, the sun does what God tells it to do. It's giddy about God, right? It is giddy and, and kind of flipped out and in love with what it does because God causes the sun to be that way, right? In our 1 Kings 6 passage, we see this uh, in the description of, of the King Solomon built. God aspired an inspired temple. And I just want you to listen to its design. Now, some of y'all might want to just sit still, close your eyes for a minute. But just a small piece of Visio Divina. Now, it's words. It's not a picture. I wish I had one. But listen what it says. So Solomon finished building the temple. The entire inside. From floor to ceiling was paneled with wood. He paneled the walls and ceilings with cedar. Man, you know how expensive cedar is right now, right? And he used planks of cypress for the floors. Hang in there. We got a lot of scriptures to go through here. But 
I want you to hear it. Because we normally, we scan through all these descriptors, right? He partitioned off an inner sanctuary, the most holy place at the far end of the temple. It was 30 feet deep and was paneled with cedar from floor to ceiling. The main room of the temple outside the most holy place was 60 feet long. Cedar paneling completely covered the stone walls throughout the temple. And the paneling was decorated with carvings of gourds and open flowers. Right? No power tools. He prepared the inner sanctuary at the far end of the temple where the Ark of the Lord's Covenant would be placed. This inner sanctuary was 30 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 30 feet high. He overlaid the inside with solid gold. He also overlaid the altar made of cedar. Then Solomon overlaid the rest of the temple's interior with solid gold, and he made gold chains to protect the entrance to the most holy place. So he finished overlaying the entire temple with gold, including the altar that belonged to the most holy place. It says he made two cherubim of wild olive wood, right? Each 15 feet tall and placed them in the inner sanctuary. The wingspan of each of the cherubim was 15 feet, each wing being seven and a half feet long. And these numbers matter, y'all, because I want you to know there's an architectural engineering exactness to this beauty, right? The two cherubim were identical in shape and size, each was 15 feet tall. He placed them side by side in the inner sanctuary of the temple. Their outspread wings reached from wall to wall while their inner wings touched at the center of the room. He overlaid the two cherubim with gold. He decorated all the walls of the inner sanctuary and the main floor with carvings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. He overloaded the floor in both rooms with gold. For the entrance to the inner sanctuary, he made double doors of wild olive wood with five-sided doorposts. Those doorposts were decorated with carvings of cherubim and palm trees and open flowers. The doors, including the decorations of cherubim and palm trees, are overlaid with gold. Then he made four-sided posts of wild olive wood for the entrance of the table, of the temple. Oh, wait, did I already read that? Okay, let's keep going. There were two folding doors of cypress wood, and each door was hinged, right? Designed to fold back upon itself. These doors were decorated with carvings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, all overlaid, it says here, evenly with gold. The walls of the inner court were built so that there was one layer of cedar beams between every three layers of finished stone. You see that in your mind's eye? Solomon, in honoring, right? And showing the place where God's presence would dwell in a special way. He didn't, he didn't build a department store, right? He didn't build a mall. He didn't build a warehouse to hold God's presence. No, though it was completely functional and exact in its measurements and construction materials, the engineering architecture was creative. Right? He built something beautiful, something that pointed to God's creative power, his exactness and artistry, not for God to see, but for the world to see. For God's people and the priests that would go in there to see, right? You might come in a little flippant, right? Oh, oh, right? Going to worship God, going to do the sacrifice. Oh, man, look at that, that, that flower, right? It's a reminder, to aid them to be in the right, hear me, right mind and heart and space to approach and understand God and themselves. 
Y'all see anything up here? Look at Lauren Walker's flowers. It's easy to miss. You know, so I might have missed it just coming from here and then coming back here and not realizing they were up here, right? So she does weddings, and when she has a wedding, sometimes she'll bring some flowers and a nice vase, right? And, and I'm like, whoa, this looks nice, right? Not just because it's a tradition, but because it's important that you recognize the beauty of what's going on in this worship service. That you would look and think beautifully about your God. And maybe even yourself for once this week. Look at those flowers. Man, God calls me. He sees me as one of his flowers. Yes. Did you know that? Maybe you need to look at these flowers and see you. Important. Beautiful. And all different colors and shapes. Right? We see in the Bible that visio fruit of God's creation and our recreation is always hanging on the branch for our taking and use and enjoyment in our devoted times with the Lord. Now some practical stuff. Okay? When you go hiking, go walking, take a journal, right? Take a little backpack, something. Sometimes things hit you. Yeah. I have missed, and you have missed so many opportunities. Do you know that? Where God is talking to you? Now, I know I told you to try to leave the, the cell phone at home, but you know, I got mine in my pocket right here. It's still a dad's wallet cell phone. <laughs> and it, you know, cell phones supposed to thin things out. Nah, I found a way to put all the receipts and all that in there. You know, you never know when you need all these cards, the discount cards. You never know, right? can't stop you from becoming your parents, right? But you might take this out, might be walking. Wow. Sometimes you got to let it take you. You got to write it down. What is God saying? It's like, actually look at something. Sometimes things are speaking. I see things and not just sermon illustrations, stuff for me here. Go out there on purpose. You know, I, sometimes I go places, I may be going some places this weekend, I don't know, I'm trying to think about it, that's odd to me, right? I can go to the beach, I was, I'm from Charleston, I'm used to the low country. What if I go someplace else that's kind of cold, right? No way I'm going someplace, maybe I need to, to experience something new. Maybe I need, maybe I need to go to Canada, maybe I need to go to Alaska, I don't know. If I can't afford it, I won't go, but I'll go somewhere, but I started taking my journal fishing in my fishing bag. I always have plenty of dead time when I fish, you know. But go to a museum or an art exhibit or, or show of some sort and record what you see and experience. Try to remember it. Sometimes I text myself thoughts to record and review later. But I don't want you to downplay your perception, the experience that the Lord may be giving you in these moments. Oh, this worship is nonstop. Did y'all know that? It's always there. You get a chance to always be like touched by the Lord in some kind of way. If, if you would sort of open your eyes up. Or go to Brad Spink's house, right? Brad up here singing on the end, right? Or watch him or hire him to build something for you. You'll see that kind of what I would describe as sort of that Solomon level artisanship of someone who is gifted to paint, sing, and build you an add-on, right? I have to wait a season to get him to do the porch add-on I wanted. But I'm waiting to watch this dude work, right? 
He mixes engineering, form, function with beauty, innovation, integration, creativity, and purpose. He works them together. Not only did he make and build this pulpit right here, right? This thing been around for years, ain't it? Ain't nothing broke on this thing. Did you use cypress wood? No, no, whatever. A wild olive? What, what is this? Right? But in a number of uh, spectacular VBS set pieces, y'all seen that? He built a boat one summer. Oh, my gosh. We were getting hit up online. Every CBS in the country wanted that boat, right? But behind me on our slide is a wood cross-cut wall application he has on his porch, right? The way that thing looked, like you, maybe you look at it and you pull it or something to pull it closer to you, but the way he described that he did this is he took like the wood post and he cut them this way like, little pieces, okay, gosh, cross-cut them, different heights, right, so that they would form in like a, like a 3D, 3D impression, and then he didn't just lay them straighten up and down like I would, right, or I could, right? He curves them, right? He doesn't just use 90 degrees in that corner piece. See, oh, well, he got, got a Z shape up there, Right? I could just sit and look at that for a while, right? I, I just wanted to touch it. And when he told me how he did it, I just was like, huh? go to his house. Sorry, Rose, his wife, to turn your house into a museum. But he has paintings on the inside. So you think, yeah, he just, you know, he's a good construction. Mm -mm. Go on inside and see them paintings. Look at the tattoos he did on his own arm. Like, what? Don't try to get no tattoo from him, though, right? I think the Bible, no, just kidding, just kidding. So I'm sorry to turn your house into a museum, but guess what? This is more than a pulpit. This is an installation, right? Okay, I'm getting somewhere with this, right? I mean, even here, because it crosses over. I went to his house, and he was building some kind of hut, where he filled bags of sand and dirt from the ground, like, right? And, and he put them in the sandbags, and then he did barbed wire in between each layer so he could layer it up and then to put a roof on it, right? He was like, hey, it's sustainable ways for people to have housing. It's sustainable ways to have a hut instead of you using up all the wood at Home Depot and cutting down all the trees, right? I'm like, what? What's going on here? And I'm looking at it, and I'm praising Brad, right? Because, you know, man crush, you know, but at the same time, I'm praising the Lord. That this dude, God has given him something for us, right? He all, has all kind of ideas about helping the housing crisis and which y'all, it will make you praise and see God's work. But you have to make in time, take time to go or come and see stuff, y'all. You ever think you just, Sunday is the Lord's day and you can fill up the Lord's day with actually going out and seeing something? When I started hanging out with the Presbyterian dudes in college, I thought they were crazy. Sunday was time to catch up on your work, Right? 
Because you're out late on Saturday. I guess I was the only one who was out late on Saturday. Trying to recover on Sunday morning unless you got an exam week, then you go to church, right? But these guys are like, you know how exam week is, right? Everybody at church, like the, like the thriller video, people coming out, ah, out the grave, limping in from the club, right? I got exam week. Okay, that's a different sermon. But here's the deal. Here's the deal, right? These Presbyterian dudes, this is something I did learn from these PCA reform, world and life view, everything, Christ preeminent, got to enjoy all things, kind of theological bent, right? I, he, they were like, Howard, you should be done with your homework on Saturday so we can go to church on so Sunday, and then afterwards we go hiking. I'm like, no way, white guys, not going in the woods. <laughs> Black people don't go hiking on Sunday. We go to brunch, right? Oh, mama's house, right? And then we go to sleep, watching the game. We don't go hiking. But I did it because I'm one of them. I'm the spot. Went anyway to one black guy, right? And I experienced something a little different. No homework, right? No obligations. Resting in God's creation, hiking. Just enjoying stuff. Howard, come on. There's a great cliff. We can jump in the water. No. <laughs> no. I can swim, but I ain't jumping 20. But anyway, anyway. You need to put yourself as devotional time in front of creation and recreation. Doesn't that redefine your experience at the Mint Museum now? Right? Don't go down and look, gosh, I'm flying. Thank you, creation. Anyway, but I mean, don't go down there to look all proper. I'm at the Mint Museum. Nah. Right? Moving on. Here's the thing. The Lord is always displaying and speaking everywhere. And sometimes his eyes closed or in the car. Like, okay, so I have this new thinking. Gosh, I'm trying not to preach too long today. I'm trying. I've been trying. It's been so hard. Okay. Is this new Davina thing? right, that I thought of, and then I realized I didn't think of it because I went searching on Google. I'm not famous. So his deal, like, I started thinking, what about audio divina, right, where sounds and music, sometimes I put my headphones on, just close my eyes, sometimes it's Christian music, sometimes, and some, got to be careful here, but I do like listening to that meditation music where you can hear the stream, whatever they got going on. Whatever. And I'm just, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Right? Then I started thinking about Gastro Divina, and y'all tried to stop me on that one. What is the Lord's Supper? That's Gastro Divina. Right? We eat and we drink, and we focus on remembering what he did. And we actually, there's a spiritual result. Right? Sometimes take time to look at your food. Don't just take a picture for Instagram so you can be cool and get followers. Look at it. When you take it to your mouth, taste it. God wants us to slow down. You know, people have asked me, man, in heaven, is it going to be a buffet? Nah. It's going to be so good, it's just enough to taste right. Right? You ever think that you could take one bite out of a Krispy Kreme donut and be okay? 
Imagine that kind of perfection. Two McDonald's fries. I'm good. It was so good. <laughs> Y'all laughing because it ain't possible. <laughs> but I want you to just think in terms of slowing down, right, um, and, and tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, right? How he is good. But in all these things, according to our pastors, God is using it to tell us something, to show us something, to give us greater and more heartfelt and body and mind felt insight and outlook and, of course, ability to see, experience his spirit and hear from him. It's going to be hard at first to sit in front of a picture and look at it. Right? 30 seconds. Just start small. 30 seconds, look at something. Take it in. If you're a believer, the Spirit lives in your heart. Let it relax you and let it help you rest in the Lord. Sometimes it's good to read a scripture at first or, or maybe have some music going or some words and look at it. Okay. We can just pray and expect love to come to the surface, right? Love for us. Because when you do it, stuff comes up possibly about you that you can bring to the Lord, right? Things, questions you have, right, about the Lord, they come up when you begin to sit still and taste and eat and see and take in. And you realize the Lord is there for you. But the key here is that we go into this God-led expecting a connection with him, not just with ourselves or the thing itself. So we have to be careful. We're looking for more than creation and recreation. We need hope, and we're looking for restoration, right? Our key passage, Psalm 19, has a curious twist to it that is easy to miss. It says that the voice of creation, what is communicated from the beauty of God's creation is out there. But at two and, verse 2 and 4, it says this. Um, actually, verse 4, yet their message has gone throughout the earth. I'm sorry, verse 3, they speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. But it's saying it's not heard or taken in well through our senses. And so God's glory is not always received by us. There is the visual opportunity, but it's impossible for us to fully process it. Rightly, rightly, uh, uh, we can't make sense of it for our good in its fullness, in and of itself. I mean, look at what happens. Look at our, the Romans passage here in verse 19. And it's, oh man, it's such a parallel passage to, to, to what goes on in Psalm 19, right? It says, they know the truth of God because they, meaning people who don't know him, know the truth of God because he's made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. They can see his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Watch this. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise. They instead became utter fools, right? Loving and hugging on nature as if nature is the thing. 
And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. They traded the truth of God for a lie. So they worship and serve the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. It is teaching that the world sees and hears God's creation and God's divine artistry speak and communicate truth and that we make a mess of it. We make a distortion of beauty and love and get into idol and artist worship that we worship and give glory to the creation more and we're blind and deaf to being able to see and hear from God as he designed us to. Add to that, right? There is so much miscommunication. You know, I, there's a song uh, I grew up at, with as a kid. Uh, my mom, when she became a believer, third, when I was in third or fourth grade, right, she would always play input, output, right? What goes in is what comes out, right? Okay, I know that sounds corny. <laughs> what goes in, right? It matters what goes into your eyes. When it does affect your soul. All right, so I want you to hear this because this is a very pivotal piece in Visio Divina. What goes in does affect you. So think about what's affected you. Social media, how often do you look at that? Television, TikTok, right? Reels, when what a number of us have and continue to struggle with. Pornography. How much has gone into your eyes this week? How much of pornographic images gone in your mind this week? And when I say pornography, I'm not just talking about sexually explicit stuff. I'm talking about irregular relational stuff of, of, of people ownership and, and, and control in relationships, right? And ads and offers and a call to voyeurism that makes us discontent, lonely, uninspired, bored, and actually hollows us out. Where we are dulled and damaged in our God-given natural and spiritual spiritual senses so what's the answer not less visio divina but restoration of and through visio divina through none else than jesus himself look at our matthew passage Jesus is walking around with disciples. He always does. This sounds a lot like Dr. Peacock. Maybe she's a Christian. You know, but she sounds a lot like they walking with Jesus, the teacher. Right? Just imagine the scene. I'm sorry, thinking scenes. Imagine the scene. They just walking, thinking he's going to say something profound, open the Torah, something like that, right? What's Jesus say? Look at the birds. Huh? And he says this, they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And then he says, why worry about clothing? What does he say? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. What? So I'm going to look. You, you don't turn to agronomy now, Lord, right? Horticulture. Okay. All right. Jesus said, visual divina, this. Look at them. They don't work or make their own clothing. They sure don't, right? Yet Solomon in all his glory, here's Solomon again, it was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? 
Jesus does this throughout the Gospels. He is calling the disciples, you and me, to what? To look again. To take time and consider what we see and how we see it. But this time, do not look alone. Look with him as your guide, as your lens, as your curator. We have a friend who's a curator, and she does folk art, Dr. Regina Perry. I think she's in Virginia now, but she had a house in New Orleans. Y'all, 5,000 square foot house, 19, maybe uh, 1800s, early 1900s. Every single piece of the wall is covered in art. And she knows everything about every piece and a story behind. Like she had a chewing, a chewing gum sculpture. Sculpture. I know it sounds gross. But this lady was trapped. Like trapped. Like she couldn't move from her. She was invalid. Like she couldn't move from a nursing home. And all she had was chewing gum. And she made sculptures out of it. And they were, it was beautiful. I didn't go smell it, but it was beautiful. Boom, right? My eyes opened up. I could have thought that was trash, but it wasn't. You ever been with a curator, art historian, a tour guide, and all of a sudden your sight is open and you're taken down the rabbit hole, a good one, or translated to a higher place with the stuff that you might have seen or been around a million times before, but through their curation and narration and leading and just being with you and your questions, sometimes stupid and ignorant questions, it comes alive through Jesus. God wants to heal, hear me, and restore our senses from all the crap we've taken in, into our eyes and into our souls. So you can re-experience beauty and a beautiful message. When I was in seminary in a class where we were studying the book of Revelations, my close friend who's now Dr. Anthony Bradley, he made a joke that he was having a hard time making sense of the book until he took some psychotropics, and now revelations all made sense. And the class broke out laughing. Y'all ain't laughing, but you know what? I'm not going to say use psychotropics. Don't get excited, right? But his, think about it. To see the complexities and intricacies of beauty as God intended, you must let Jesus take you on a supernatural trip through the gallery of God's creation and our recreation. One of the shows we never missed back in the day was So You Think You Can Dance. Y'all remember that? Fox. And to be honest, I was never really into the dance outside of break dance in the 80s. It was all boring to me, especially ballet and modern. What's going on? What's going on, man? No, I don't have to. I like ballet where they hit each other, football, right? <laughs> Unless it had some kind of action built tightly around it. Well, that show was a no watch for me until Cherise Hill, who has a degree in dance from NYU, and Kelly Brown, my wife, who has a degree in broadcast with an emphasis in theater, when they were watching. And to, her, to hear them talk about what they saw, I got to see too. And I was drawn in because up to that point, I didn't care about how the guys looked to dance, if you know what I mean. It was, 
a nuisance and nothing and challenging, and it turned into something twisted and perverse and distant at first. I was separated from the choreographers and the judges that they would lie, oh, that was so beautiful, and crying, please. Man, and they would be like, man, Danny sure looked beautiful on that jump and turn. Danny. Man, that choreography and lighting and wardrobe production was perfect, Kelly and Sharice would say. What was ignorant and broken me was restored by their presence and understanding and bearing with my stupidity and ignorance. Visio Divina calls us and gives us the right and ability to have our sight and beauty digestion righted and restored because God sent his son Jesus so that we can see the world with and through him. The Bible says he's the light of the world. God sent his son to watch and look and appreciate God's beauty with us, to endure our ugliness that we see and the ignorance, aloofness, and busyness that hurt our opportunities to see God's glory. But he came to stay, (coughs) to keep showing up and showing us and wiping away the gunk and the sin and idolatry that impairs our vision to heal us, to heal our eyes, to see the glory of God and good of God in recreations. <clears throat> Excuse me. To restore beauty, to restore a missed opportunity. <clears throat> Something got in there. Probably that bug. <clears throat> With the big A artist. To restore the connection to the head producer and choreographer of grace. <clears throat> to be able to see God come our way. To make his way into the darkest and deepest recesses of our soul and give us joy and light. Let me close with this. One of the dance numbers on So You Think You Can Dance was done to Maxwell's song entitled This Woman's Work. If y'all don't know that song, go back and listen. And the dance, song, and choreography and story it told was about a man losing his wife to cancer. And it touched something deep that I had packed away for another day or forever. I was emotional after going back and watching it because I had lost my mother to cancer not long before that. And the choreographers and dance of the artists following their design captured my pain with beauty and grace and elevated passion. And the mourning process that I had left undealt with, the Lord restored to me through dance, through a visual performance. I saw my heart and saw my need for the Lord, the Lord for my shame and sorrow. And I would not have gotten there if I didn't have advocates in Sharice and Kelly. Through Visio Divina, Jesus is offering to be an advocate of restoration through seeing and seeing the Lord. Will you let him walk with you today as you perceive the world? Will you actually go out into the fields? Will you actually give your chance to see the give yourself a chance to see the birds? So that Jesus can say, look, consider, let me show you you. And most importantly, 
let me show you me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. The world is filled with your glory. It is all around us. It's a 360 gallery of your beauty and your grace. But Lord, we will fall and we will fail if we don't go with you. And you don't come with us. We'll make up all kinds of stuff. Thank you for Jesus. Who is our nature guide. Our curator. Our art historian. Our restorative redeemer. Give us a chance, Lord, with you. Thank you for it to show us this world again. Lord, I do pray for those things that we have taken in in TikTok and social media and pornography and all kind of murderous stuff we watch on TV and evil things we see with our eyes, the way we're voyeuristic and jealous and envious of other people, the way we use our eyes to judge and to hate. Jesus, only you can say, look again but this time through me. Help us not just to own stuff. Pay for finesse and just trying to make an impression by having beautiful things. But Lord, use it for your glory. Take it back and use it for your glory. This we ask and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.